Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. And today we're still talking about honey. (laughs) People are probably like, honey? What are you, what? (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, just go ahead and stop this podcast and go listen to podcast number seven. No, number eight. (laughs) Number eight. Endometriosis sucks. We talked about endometriosis in that episode and we had so much like good feedback from most of the most of the women in our Facebook group um, that have endometriosis and we're like, hey, you got this wrong and you got that wrong and you got that wrong. You got so many things wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. They were actually super gracious, but they did give us a few things to add and or amend. (laughs) Yeah. So we thought instead of moving forward, we want to get it right. And there was a lot of really good information that they gave us. We just thought, let's just keep going with this endo because it's so complicated. It's hard to cover everything in a, you know, nice, whatever it was, 60 minute episode, especially with two people who don't have it and don't really know what they're talking about. That's true. So (laughs) we really don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) No, but we're trying. We're trying real hard (laughs) to get it right. We really do want to get it right. I think we get the general idea. But yeah, it's kind of like we're your friend that's like, hey, have you ever heard of endometriosis? I think it's this. Maybe you should look into that. (laughs) We're not your doctor. (laughs) No, no. So, but yeah, so, and we said, I called the uterus the honeypot. And then you were like, no, the endo is the honey. So that's why I said we're still talking about honey. Yeah. So today we're using euthanisms. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, you euphemisms? Euphemisms. Or y- Euth- y- euphemisms. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a difference? Euf- euphemisms. What? Yeah. I don't know. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, you guys know what we're saying. We're using well, we're using a euphemism or euthanism. <laughs> Euthani- there there's an PH in there or an F? E-U-P-H, euphemism, Mm. I think. I don't know. Google that. I'm going to Google it. (laughs) You Google that. I will carry on because the first couple of mistakes that I'm going to correct were mine. So (laughs) these were were small, but I still feel the need to correct myself. So the first thing was I pronounced inset wrong, like... I don't know what I said, but it stands for non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. We were talking about treatment for endometriosis and things that you can do. And a lot of people manage it with NSAIDs. And I don't know what I, I don't know, I said something wrong. But yeah, that's what that stands for. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Those are like your ibuprofen, right? Yeah. Like Motrin, Advil, NSAIDs. Euphemism. (laughs) Hold on. on. (laughs) Did you find it? Euphemism. 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 There you go. You got it. (sighs) I haven't had anything to eat today yet. Uh Uh-oh. So I'm going to blame it on that. (laughs) And then my other mistake was, Sarah, you should eat. 
I, you're pregnant. You should eat. Well, I I started the new thyroid medicine, and you know, oh you right, eat after. You have to wait an hour because my yeah. thyroid's not working like it should. Yeah, they they put Sarah on some synthroid for a slow moving thyroid, which is very normal in pregnancy. Yeah, I've been taking I've been taking synthroid for years, and. Okay, trick of the trade. Do you ever wake up a little bit in the morning and then go back to sleep? Yeah. Take it then. But I don't want to get I, up. I do. I just put it like right by my bedside and I just pop like oh, the first time idea. I wake up, I take it with some water. And then by the time I actually wake up, it's been half an hour, an hour, whatever. Ooh, because I it, should do that. It's one of the hardest adjustments to taking thyroid medication is you have to take it on an empty stomach and then you have to wait. So, wow, we just segued into something t- completely unrelated, but a lot of people <laughs> uh, take Synthroid, Synthroid or might in the future. the same as uh, Levin? What, what, yes. Okay. Synthroid is the, the pharmaceutical brand name. They don't give me brand name medicine. Come Levothyroxine. It's probably because yeah. of your insurance coverage. My insurance your doesn't insurance even probably- want me to use Walgreens now. So, mm. there's that. Well, they, they <laughs> probably don't cover the name brand Synthroid, but yes, it's the same thing. It's okay. just the generic. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway, back to the corrections. Yeah. My other my other really embarrassing mistake was that I said IED instead of IUD. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't IED a bomb? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that happens a lot, though. What, that we say something stupid? No, that everyone <laughs> says IED instead of IUD. Oh. Yeah, Not an everyone, IED but, is a know. bomb, like a homemade bomb. An IUD is an intrauterine device used, like, for birth control. Oh, but they're obviously very different. Yes. <laughs> so. I felt the need to pr- correct myself. And then last but not least, we just totally talked out of our ass about what GNRH inhibitors are. <laughs> I think we got some or maybe all not all of them wrong. But so GNRH inhibitors are also sometimes used in the treatment of endometriosis. And instead of us listing some when we get to our segment, uh, you know, with a minute with Mandy, she talks about those much more eloquently than we ever could. So um, she talks about what they are and how they're used and then which ones you might actually use. So there's that. So if you want good information, listen to that part and yes. not what we say. And it's probably <laughs> more than a minute with Mandy. Honestly. Right. Honestly. <laughs> uh, still having problems talking. but speaking of mandy so she recorded her her minute with mandy we asked her to do like a segment on what causes pain with endometriosis so that so she had actually recorded that for us already and we are going to play that in this episode a little later on but then after she actually listened to the episode in real time like with all of you we got a text from her like, hey, here's everything you got wrong. It was a really long text. She's like, it was a long text. You two Thank are you, Mandy. idiots. 
<laughs> she did not say that. She's so gracious. But yeah, she pointed out a few um, discrepancies. So I wanted to go over those because they're they're great. Um, The first one or no, Sarah, you go ahead. Oh, you, can you see that? Yeah, there? yeah. It says you can have PCOS and endo simultaneously. Oh, yeah. That was uh, one of my questions from the last episode. Yes, you can. You can have them so, together. Yay! You can have Some both. people have the unfortunate diagnosis of both. But I think from what I read, um, PCOS can um, like subdue the the symptoms of endo because you're not necessarily having a regular period makes sense. so you're not getting the pain every month that you might if you were having a regular period but you might have really painful periods when you do have one so i could see that but you can unfortunately have them together yes which is like a double whammy <laughs> and um steph from the facebook page and she has a youtube channel too and Oh wait! Oh wait! We were we were gonna move on to Mandy. And now oh. we bumped back up because I jumped ahead like an idiot. Like an idiot. Well, we cannot talk today. I'm so sorry, everyone. It's earlier than we usually record. <laughs> we haven't had enough coffee. I haven't had any uh, coffee. Okay, skip this part. I'll come back to. We'll come back to Steph. Okay, part. we'll come back to Steph. But she has some yeah. good things to say because she knows all about endo. Yes, yeah, she's the one that we did the the story on in the in the endo episode. That's okay. So yeah. this is what Mandy sent us. <laughs> so many <laughs> things she said. <laughs> as far as excess bleeding goes, it is completely saturating one pad or more in an hour. The pad can't possibly hold any more blood. If this is occurring, yeah. seek medical attention because that's a lot of blood. Yeah. That's a lot of blood. We were we were wondering what would mean excessive blood. Remember we were talking about how would you know if you have excessive bleeding? <laughs> yeah. Like, measure it with a diva cup and Google it. <laughs> yeah. And I guess you yeah. can't really measure it with a tampon. So I guess measure it with right. a pad. Yeah. I think that's what she said. If you're worried that you're having excessive bleeding, try that with a pad. I mean, Completely saturating like a normal pad in an hour is a lot. It is. So, yeah. So I think that's what she's saying. That's not normal. If if that's happening, see, like, talk to your doctor about it for sure. Yeah. And then she said fatigue and endo can also be caused by low hemoglobin and hemotocrit. Wait, hematocrit levels yeah. due to heavy bleeding. Yeah. Low right. H and H, which were those two things I just said, can cause fatigue, dizziness, lightheadedness, fainting, low blood pressure. Uh, I sound like a medicine commercial. <laughs> yeah, because you're reading something. <laughs> I should have said it really fast. I know fast. it does, though. I mean, you don't have to read it word for word. Yeah, but... Um, but yeah, she... It, that was also a really good point. Yeah. If you're having fatigue and dizziness, lightheadedness, fainting... I feel like that those are pretty scary things. You should get those checked out. Absolutely. Um, you might but need it made to sense be on that medicine. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. It made cuz I I was saying someone said that she experienced fatigue because she 
had trouble sleeping because of the pain. Yeah. So there's that. But then Mandy's saying, no, it could also be because you're losing so much blood. That's causing dizziness, lightheadedness, just general malaise, like when you don't feel good. That would make more sense to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Because so you could be low on iron and you might be prescribed supplements or you might need to have a blood transfusion. Yeah, if it's really severe. Um, yeah. I mean, you feel crappy yeah. when you're when your H and H are low. You feel really crappy. Yeah, and uh. um, I mean, for mild, she says, increase your consumption of foods rich in iron. Uh, that's like leafy greens, the dark leafy greens. I know I'd rather spinach eat spinach and kale. Light, uh, I'd rather eat iceberg lettuce, but <laughs> I am drinking. A green smoothie I right now. I saw that. It looks good. Full of spinach. What? Yeah. What's in it? Oh, no. Brophy's here. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> now it's like a thing in every episode. He's sitting if outside the, dogs... the door. He oh, hears no. me talking and it makes him want attention. There he goes again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. If the dogs don't show up in every episode now, people are going to wonder what's happened to them. Uh, people are uh, used to Brophy from my YouTube videos. True. <laughs> I had someone come to my house and she's like, let me meet Brophy. I'm like, he's not really that friendly to new people. He only likes me. Yeah. And my other dog Mama's is boy. the friendly one. Okay. Mm. Let me go take care of this. Time out. <laughs> you go ahead and, uh, you know. I'll keep finish. going. Yeah. She asked me what was in my smoothie, so I'll tell you guys. It's delicious. It doesn't taste at all like spinach, but it's got a ton of spinach, like probably three handfuls of spinach, half of a banana, and like six pineapple chunks, and some ice. Sometimes I throw in a little bit of orange juice. Sometimes I throw in this or that, flaxseed, something else, chia seeds. But the spinach is the main ingredient, and it's a great way to get a ton of spinach. Um, and it doesn't taste like a salad, or it doesn't taste like spinach. It just tastes mostly like pineapple and banana. So they're really good at masking the spinach, spinachy taste. Anyway, okay, I'll keep vamping here. <laughs> uh, okay, so the next thing Mandy told us is that Steph was... 100% correct about seeking out specialists besides OBGYNs. So she, this wasn't a correction. We got this one right. But she's just reiterating that, that it's really good to seek other, seek out a specialist to treat your endo, especially if it's bad. Um, and then she, she also, Mandy has endo. So she does have a little bit of a, like, she does have a personal experience with this. She said her MFM sent her uh, to his colleague who was an OBGYN and he examined her. She says, I can't remember the way Kayla described it, but yeah, fingers in the rectum and vagina was how it was done. Ouch. <laughs> the shocker. I'm back. The shocker. The shocker. <laughs> Sarah's back. Uh, and then the OBGYN talked with me and he told me he really didn't think he could remove my endo via surgery, but he wanted to send me to a colorectal specialist to have their input on it. So her endo is over her rectum and 
Um, so I think her point was like what Steph was saying that it's a good idea to involve these other doctors where the whatever organ it might be affecting that that's also their specialty. So I just think she was trying to bring home that point that you really should seek out specialists that that are very familiar with endo. Yeah, and she said she couldn't even get it removed, right? Because of where it was. Right. Yeah, it was too... The doctor said that they that they could do it, but the risk did not outweigh the, you know, it just wasn't worth it in her case. And she said, because her endo is not, she said it doesn't affect her daily life. Like sometimes she occasionally, not even every month, sometimes she does have a really bad period. But I guess because it's over her rectum, the um, excess blood does have a way out. I know, like... TMI, but it's not just trapped inside her body like it is with some people. So I know. Yeah. So it's one of those like, this sucks, but it could be worse no, if I, I guess try to remove good. it and it doesn't work. Yeah. But right. I think it messes up other things. Like she needs a surclage. Like she can't get a permanent surclage right. placed because of that. Um, if you don't know what a surclage is, it's for incompetent cervixes it's because your cervix services yeah (laughs) is that what it is yeah services uh (laughs) it's because they shorten and can't hold the baby in so it's tied shut right and some people can get permanent ones so i mean if you do ivf anyway why not you know, but <laughs> well, cerclage surgery is pretty involved. Yeah. So, but yeah. like if you need one, I feel like a permanent one is that I, I don't really know that much about it, but you have to get the cerclage during pregnancy if you don't have a permanent one, which would concern me. I'm sure mm-hmm. it concerns people who have to get it, but I digress. <laughs> yeah, but she wouldn't. Be, her incompetent cervix complicates removing the endo, but it was also like that wasn't the only reason she decided not to do it. But I guess yeah, for for her, she just weighed the pros and cons with her doctor, and it just wasn't worth it, the risk. Which obviously we would encourage anyone to do before they consider some kind of like surgery like that, where you're trying to remove the endo. Which we're gonna get into that when we get to Brett because she got she gave us some additional info that's really good about the surgery so and um have you gotten to that last part about what Steph said oh yeah do you want to go ahead and read it uh even doctors don't know what causes endo and they don't know how yeah. to treat it <laughs> and so that's yeah. pretty much it yeah it's just like she was saying that it's because doctors have a hard time understanding it. It makes it hard for the general public to understand it, too, which which is true. It just and then it there's like a lot of confusion probably surrounding treatment and you you get a lot of different opinions. And like she was saying, I don't I don't even know as much as I should about it. And she has it, <laughs> you know. Um, she's, she said, if it affected my daily life, I would probably understand it a bit more. I got lucky, somewhat lucky in where mine is located. 
um, like I was saying, because the blood can get out of her body. So she's not having debilitating pain all the time. Um, so that does help her. But for someone who does have that debilitating pain all the time, yeah, definitely seek a qualified specialist. It sounds like that is the best way to go. Um, like involving other doctors too, especially if you're considering surgery, like other specialists, depending on where the endo is located and might need to be removed and then weighing the pros and cons of that. Like surgery is serious. (laughs) So yeah, you would want to know all the risks going in. So Uh, yeah. And then there's additional theories about cause and treatment. And this is from Brett. Yeah. She says, I have stage three endo. I could go on and on about the endo causes discussion. I'm on the side of David Redwine that endometriosis is endometrial cells that don't make it into the uterus during fetal development. I believe this because endo is found disproportionately disproportionately in those with Mullerian abnormalities, which is essentially an unformed uterus. Oh, underformed uterus. My doc who did my resectioning said that 80% of this, of his (laughs) septum patients have endo, which Mandy does too. Um, Endo can be found in some infants that die of crib death and were autopsied. Yeah, isn't that insane? Yeah. So the point being that, because a lot of the theory is that it comes when you start your period and it's not there from birth. And so it something is caused by once you start having a period. And this is, this is like supporting the idea that it's there from birth, mm-hmm. like that you are born with it. Um, Yeah. And so that it like I was what just going to sing the Maybelline song, but that would be very <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. Maybe it's Maybelline. I'll Maybe she's born with it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh man. Uh, yes, that's that supports the theory that the those some of those cells don't make it when the uterus is developing. They don't make it into the uterus yeah it's crazy and it seems that excising endo has a good success rate of symptoms not recurring um so she said if it was retrograde menstruation it would come back right i feel like a lot of people are not on the retrograde i feel like that is an old theory that no one ascribes to anymore it's kind of been deproven (laughs) (laughs) disproven Disproven. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And then she says, as for causes of infertility, in addition to atomical issues caused by scarring, there are theories that it hardens the shell of the egg and can make it impenetrable. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. I know. So would Ixie help with that? Should. I I mean I yeah, I would assume Ixie it, yeah, helps egg and sperm, some sperm issues. But it, it certainly, if it, um, if that is true and it causes the shell of the egg to harden, 
then yeah, that would be a cause for infertility in addition to what we we had already discussed, like if the endo messes up your ovary itself or your fallopian tubes. So, But that's another one I hadn't heard of. I hadn't either. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then yeah. if you're looking for pain relief, consider um, excision, excision surgery, not ablation. Ablation. What's ablation? Yeah. So I think excision is like actually removing it. Right. Like. An ablation is like, think like burning it off. Like, uh, man, I'm not going to explain this very well. Like, I think of like cauterizing it almost. Oof. Like, psst. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Um, Let me Google like it. Burning it off instead of actually carving it out, removing it. That is like a totally dumb like probably very inaccurate way of saying what I think is kind of close. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she says, um, and and the more I have read about it, like everything supports what she's saying that because the ablation doesn't fully get rid of it, so it often comes back. Oh, is that and kind of if like it's excised and it's totally removed? That gives you a better chance of it not coming back. And she she cited a um, another podcast called Beat Infertility. And if you go to episode 148, it talks about surgical options for endometriosis. And they interview this doctor, Dr. Cenervo, who is a top endosurgeon. And... Um, the part about the surgery is towards the end of that episode, and he talks much more eloquently than we can about the difference between excision and ablation. But what the takeaway I got from it was that excision, like the rate that it will return is like 5 to 10% or something, and ablation, it's like insanely high. Okay, ablation like, is what I was thinking it was. Like sometimes they use balloon therapy. So they pretty much put a balloon into your uterus from your vagina and they heat fluids in the balloon and then it expands and breaks up the lining in the heat, breaks it up. Or they just put fluid in and uh, heat it up. But but the, but you're saying that's inside the, yeah, the that's what, uterus. That's what Google says. that. Well, Google's <laughs> wrong because endo's not inside the uterus. Well, it's on it, the outside. Ablation, <laughs> they use it for heavy periods and stuff like that. And it pretty much destroys your uh, lining. So I would not get that if you want to have children. <laughs> Yeah, but this is not, that's not how it works for endometriosis, for sure. Well, that, I don't know. That's probably why she's saying don't get it. <laughs> I think it's... Um, it's pretty much heating. Yeah, so, so... According to Wikipedia, it's the removal of material from the body. Uh, but, yeah, we should stop. We don't know... <laughs> We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Again. Sorry, guys. Ablation versus excision. Go with excision. Don't get ablation. 
don't get ablation. That's that's what you really need to take away from this. Uh, <laughs> I looked up um, if you just like type it into Google, it dictionary comes up and it says the removal of snow and ice by melting or evaporation, <laughs> typically from a glacier or iceberg. So you're that's you're not trying it. to melt the tissue, right? It's using heat. That's why I said cauterizing it, like. Is uh, using heat to try to get rid of it. Yeah. Instead of like actually remove it. But they do do endometrial ablation in your uterus. Yes. If you have really heavy periods. Okay. I see what you're saying. If you don't want to have I children. Mm. But that's not going to help the endo outside of it, I guess was my point. But they right. d- And they do do ablation on tissue outside of the uterus as well. Um, like heart. Yeah, I mean, well, they, they do it everywhere. Ablation is a general term, like a general medical term. It's not specific to endometriosis. But anyway. But anyway. <laughs> uh, she says. So she also. Go ahead. Oh, do not use Lupron unless you do independent. Oh. Did you already say that? Uh, we talked about it before we started recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> do not use Lupron unless you do independent research and are comfortable with it. She said, personally, I would run from any doc that suggested it. She didn't say why, though. Yeah, she didn't say why. So I am curious about that. I think it just shuts everything down. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Yeah, but I'm just wondering why Lupron specifically is because using GNRH inhibitors is somewhat common, I think, as treatment in some case, in some cases. So I'm curious why she does not support Lupron specifically. So she also uh, gave another nod to Nancy's Nook. Just like Steph did. And remember... The Facebook page. It's a Facebook page. Don't Google it unless you want sex toys. <laughs> From Nancy's Nook. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then she she also gave a... Uh, she recommended a YouTube video from Dr. Redwine, which was the, the doctor she referred to earlier... Um, about his theory about how endo is there from birth. Um, and so you can look that up on YouTube. Just look up Dr. Redwine. Every time I told her, every time I see his name, I think of the UB40 song. Me too. I was just thinking. <laughs> red, 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 red wine. wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is so inappropriate. He probably gets that <laughs> all the time, though. Oh, I know. You know he gets that all the time. But yeah, he did... Just look up Dr. Redwine interview endometriosis. It'll pop up. And then Dr. So. Redwine and uh, her both think that it's severely underdiagnosed. Yeah. She says she agrees with us. We got something right, maybe, Sarah. Yay! <laughs> that it's underdiagnosed. It's, he suggests ten to twenty percent of women, and he and uh, he says it's at least as common as diabetes, right? Which, yeah, that'd be a lot. I have a funny story. Have you seen the commercial? We we can talk about this on Out of the Box. I have two 
I have one crazy story, and this is a funny story about the guy from the diabetes commercial. Yeah. You know, Wilfred Brimley? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Uh, well, I know the name. I'm like trying to picture. Well, he's like, I have diabetes and he has like the big mustache. <laughs> uh huh. Before we talk about that, <laughs> let's uh, go to a minute with Mandy. Do you want to yeah. like, tell everyone about Mandy and why she knows stuff? <laughs> why she knows stuff. Yeah, of course I pulled up her bio and then now I can't find it again. Guys. We just do not have our act together today. Today's just not uh, a good recording day. I'm sorry. We're both on a time. I'm going to I'm gonna try to wing it. So okay. I know that Mandy has a bachelor in psychology, bachelor degree, and another one in nursing. She's an overachiever. And, right. She's an overachiever. She's one of those people that like has more than one degree. Lots of letters after her name. That's why I say, a minute with Mandy, BSNRN. I don't know what any of those letters stand for. BSN, well, Bachelor of Science, Science and nursing. nursing, Registered Nurse. Did we get it right, Mandy? Yeah, because those are two separate things. Right. Because you have to right, take right, a right. test to be a registered nurse. Right. Okay. I think we got that right. So she must once. have a BS in... A BSN. Yeah, well, that, but also in psychology. P. Psychology. Because psychology starts with a P. BSP. <laughs> right. So she has two degrees. And then she also worked in a pregnancy center for, like, um, what was at it? Risk. Like, at risk women. Yeah. At risk women. Um, and so they provided, like, free ultrasounds and. STD testing and options for adoption and counseling things like that and stuff. Counseling, right. So she just has a lot of, and then obviously she has a lot of her own like infertility issues um, that we've talked about. Um, and she just knows, she just knows everything. She just knows a lot of stuff. So, and in addition to just being a wealth of knowledge, she's also a really good friend. And I'm speaking from the heart now, like she... 100% like carried me through my miscarriage. She was the first person that I contacted, not my mom, not my sister. I talked to her Aww. because I knew she would I just I knew she would know what to say and I, and she did. And I knew she w understood what I was going through because she's been there many times. Um, I'm actually going to interview her when we talk about recurrent pregnancy loss because she's had several miscarriages herself. And yeah, that whole show just... is going to be you two. I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not even showing Sarah's, up for that one. Sarah's out. She's like, I'm taking the day off. Y'all have fun. Well, it's because I can't <laughs> record, but <laughs> <laughs> right, she's not really taking the day off. But yeah, she's just. In addition to being really smart, she's a very good friend. We love you, Mandy. Yes, we do. So here's a minute with Mandy. She's talking about the pain associated with endometriosis. The pain of endometriosis can be debilitating, but why? Sure, we can easily understand that endometriosis is simply uterine tissue that grows outside of the uterus in places it shouldn't. But why does the presence of this rogue endometrial lining actually hurt? 
The answer is threefold. First, just like your uterus sheds its lining during your menses, the endometrial tissue found outside of the uterus will also shed its lining during menstruation. However, since this endometrial tissue is found where it shouldn't be, it has no way to get out of the body. The accumulation of the blood and fluid builds up, causing swelling and inflammation. Secondly, endometriosis can lead to adhesions and scarring. It may also cause the organs to adhere or stick to one another. Thirdly, increasing evidence points towards a close interaction between peripheral nerves, the peritoneal environment, and the central nervous system in pain generation and processing. In other words, endometriosis could be triggering the peripheral nervous system, which are nerves that extend from the spinal cord down to the arms, hands, legs, and feet to fire. This in turn elicits a central nervous response to process and register these firing nerve responses as pain. Pain management of endometriosis is vast and it can vary among women. First-line defense treatments are often your NSAIDs, which are anti-inflammatory pain medications, and your oral contraceptives. Other treatments include Lupron to inhibit the production of LH and FSH to suppress the ovaries from producing estrogen. Modified testosterone is another treatment option. This results in decreased secretion of estradiol and increases androgens. It decreases estradiol production and it improves, it improves symptoms. Aromatase inhibitors such as letrozole and anastrol can be used to lower estrogen production. However, because they increase FSH levels and they promote the follicular development, Aromatase inhibitors must be used with additional agents, such as Lupron or oral contraceptives in premenopausal women. Lastly, laparoscopic surgery to try to remove the endometriosis can be performed. And that was a minute with Mandy. She talked about a lot of endometriosis stuff. We told you she was smart. Yeah, she knows her stuff. <laughs> so that's pretty much everything with endo. So now we're going oh, to. Oh, except oh, we forgot we were going to loop back to Steph. Oh. Oh, I'm glad I remembered that because it's a really good point. And Steph knows we, a lot about this. Yes. Guys, if you have not listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. If, if for nothing else, for her story. I did not realize who she was from Instagram. Oh, she has three yeah. different names, all the different places she is. Yeah, sometimes that happens like between YouTube and Instagram. It's the same person, but you don't know because you don't know them personally. And so I was like, yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. So and she so when she emailed me, she I asked her if she wanted us to share her, her social media, and she did give me her YouTube okay. name, but she did not give me her Instagram handle. Instagram handle, so I'm not. We are not going to share that, even though she might be fine with sharing it. Okay. She can let us know, but since she didn't Instagram. say, yeah, yeah, just in case she doesn't want to share that. But so we were talking about pain, and we were speculating that it might be worse the worse your endo is. So, like, stage one, it may not be that bad, and stage four, it, it might be, you know, really debilitating. And she pointed out that that actually is completely false. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the stage. And it has much more to do with where the endo is. Yes. 
Yeah. So she wrote, um, the stage doesn't necessarily correlate to pain levels. Some stage one patients have unbearable pain and some stage four patients have no pain. It depends on where your adhesions are. So, and that probably makes more sense now that you have listened to what Mandy talked about and the theory about the pain being caused by nerve receptors. And so I think, um, yeah, the pain has nothing to do with the the stage of endo. You could have a small amount in a really just unfortunate spot or have a ton that doesn't, you don't have any symptoms. So that's just something to keep in mind. All right. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we're doing out of the box. Out of the box. Should we play the, out did you see somebody box. pointed out, like sent out us the link of, of the, the song? Um, <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I found oh, it should... after the last episode that we were talking about it. It's a show. It was called a TV Out of show the Box. From, from like the 90s, right? Yeah. I never saw it. I think I was too old by then. Probably. <laughs> they sang and stuff yeah. and made stuff out of boxes. <laughs> Sounds like a real thrill. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the Wilfred Brimley story. You know how he has, mm-hmm. he, well, okay. Wilfred Brimley has a big mustache. And the story is from Peter's friend from high school. <laughs> like, okay. They're still really good friends. But, okay, so this guy named his dog, the family dog, Wilfred Brimley, because I guess it looked like he had a mustache. And so. Nice. Over time, the dog went to live with this guy's sister in Utah, I'm pretty sure. And so she is, she does cycling, like she's sponsored and goes places. So friends were watching Wilfred Brimley and he got out and ran away. And oh no, I see where this is going. (laughs) The police found him or someone found him, animal something and I don't know if he had a chip or they just saw his collar said Wilfred Brimley <laughs> and the actual actor Wilfred Brimley lives in that town oh. randomly so <laughs> oh the people who found the dog animal rescue or whoever found him took the dog to Wilfred Brimley's house <laughs> they're like we found your dog he's like this isn't my dog oh, like, no, no. but your name's on the collar <laughs> he's like no that's someone named their dog after me he, he did not think it was funny <laughs> oh no uh, oh, i wonder if he saw the resemblance i need a picture of this dog i don't know and Brimley side by Yorkie. side like it was a little dog. It was a Yorkie. So, oh my gosh! I mean, so I don't funny. really think of Yorkies as having mustaches, but Wilfred Brimley <laughs> did not think that was funny. Oh no! <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that they they like put out some kind of like press release and Wilfred Brimley is missing, <laughs> and people would think it was the actor. No, that'd be funny. Had gone missing. No, but it went yeah. to the actual guy that. The actor, the dog was well, named yeah. after, which is right. How does that even, even happen? <laughs> oh man, I have another crazy story. But do you want to 
talk about something else? Well, um, the okay, yeah, maybe one. I want to add one thing while I'm thinking about it. Um, this is going back to Indo, actually. So there's a ton of celebrities that have Indo, and they talk about it. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. Some like I don't know. Who are you? Yeah, thinking? it just gets like in ter- in terms of like infertility diagnoses. There's I say that word every wrong every time. Diagnosis, diagnoses. Please. I don't know. Um, that endo actually is one that does get talked about quite a bit in like Hollywood because there's been a lot of. So I was gonna list some people. Okay. That talk about it, and then I have a story about one of them. So, uh, I'm gonna mess up this name already. He's the first one on the list, Padma Lakshmi. Sounds and I familiar. don't know who she is. Um, I think she. I don't. I'm not even gonna guess. Um, Halsey, who's a pop singer. Um, Whoop, Whoopi Goldberg. Everybody knows who that is. Had no idea. Yeah, Lena Dunham. Oh, I knew that one. Yeah, she had a hysterectomy yeah. recently, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tia Mowry from Sister, Sister. That was a good show. That was a good show. Uh, Susan Sarandon. Julianne Huff, Dancing Knew with that Stars. One. Anybody? Yeah. Meg Cabot. I don't know who she is either. I think, oh, she's a she writer. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. She wrote The Princess um, Diaries, I think. Oh, yeah? Pretty sure. Okay. Um, Jillian Michaels, the crazy workout lady. <laughs> <laughs> and Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton has it? I love Dolly Parton so much. She's one of my idols, for sure. And and I didn't know this about her. Like I only found it out when I was doing research about endo. And sad story about about Dolly. So she was on tour or something. This was when she was in her, I think she was in her 30s, mid 30s or something. And so when she was in her mid 30s, we're going back probably like 40 years ago. So she's pretty old. Um, Maybe not 40, but at least 30 years ago. And I guess she had this really debilitating episode of endo where she was where she was fainting or like something really bad so she had to be hospitalized and then they did like an emergency i think it was a partial hysterectomy oh no and and then she talks about how she went into this deep depression after that because then she couldn't have kids oh that's so Isn't sad. That sad so because she doesn't have any biological children and that kind of made me sad, but it made me love her even more, actually, because she's a fellow like. I didn't know. I know. I love you, Dolly. I know you're not listening to this podcast, but I'm putting it out into the universe. I love you. <laughs> love you, too. I, I do not love Dollywood, though. I've never been. <laughs> we went to the Smoky Mountains for a destination Christmas with my family two years ago. And I mean... We went to Dollywood and it was, I mean, there, I think everyone in Tennessee was at the park. So it's probably not like that all the time. 
but it was because it was over Christmas break. Makes so sense. I'm sure I would have a better experience if it was not over Christmas break. Don't go to Dollywood between December 25th and January 1st. You've been warned. But anyway, yeah, there's some celebrities with Endo, so you're not alone. You're in good company with people I'm like sure Dolly Parton. I'm sure there's more. Oh, I'm sure there's more. Yeah, those were just some that I found. And a lot of these women went on to have, like, Susan Sarandon has three kids. She had three three kids of her. And I know some of those other ladies also have kids. Whoopi has kids. Yeah. Uh, so it's not, I mean, they went on to have successful pregnancies. So, yeah, anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. It's not really out of the box, <laughs> but. It's kind of out of the box. It's a little out of, it's out of my box. <laughs> So uh, your box. <laughs> I do. I have one more thing, but we don't. You can. We can do your I'm other thinking, story if you want. I'm gonna save that for the next episode. Okay. It okay. is crazy though. Okay. Ooh, teaser. <laughs> yeah i I have to uh, relieve Nana from watching the child. So. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, I understand. We can wrap it up there. I was going to talk about some adventures at the gym, but I'll save that for next time. Hey, if you want to <laughs> talk about it, I can. Oh, no, we're good. Okay. We're, but I am moving my weight loss challenge. It's happening. Awesome. Things are going well, guys. Good. So I'm. that's what I'll talk about in my out of the box next week. Okay. And I'll, I'll give tell you an update. The story. I will give you one teaser. It has to do with Ancestry.com. <laughs> Ooh, this is getting interesting. I'm intrigued. <laughs> and I'll give you one hint about mine. Okay. Mine has to do with Zumba and a bunch of old ladies. Oh, <laughs> sounds fun. I should say a bunch of old ladies and a really fine looking Zumba instructor. Oh, <laughs> you know those old ladies are thirsty. <laughs> and I'm one of them. They're like, hey, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to watch these ladies. They're aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Cougars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up, Sarah. Okay, so join our closed Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talks, talk about eggs and balls and stuff. And honey pots and honey and all the things. Yes. And in our next episode, yes, we are going to dive into recurrent pregnancy loss. And I'm going to be joined by our friend, Nurse Mandy. So tune in for that. And thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye, guys. Bye.